Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. Blog Talk Radio.
Hello there. Well, hopefully you can hear me because this is Mike T. Inside the Love Zone, had a little technical difficulty. Don't have my microphone tonight, so hopefully you're hearing me through the phone. I can't hear myself, but uh, hopefully you're hearing me. It says I'm on the air, so we're going to go by that until my producer gets here. Anyway, tonight's show, oh, it's all about... (laughs) a topic that has been raising some eyebrows. Absolutely. For those of you calling in right now, uh, just hang in there. We're going to get to you on the phone lines. Don't worry about it. This show is about educating, elevating, and entertaining, primarily to uh, educate. So uh, we want you to hang in there. And more importantly, uh, it's going to be a great show tonight because we have the topic, Women Making More Money Than Men. Like I said, hopefully you can hear me. If you can, we got to get our chat, you know, set up tonight as well. want to tell you uh, also, before we start the show up on our topic, if you ever happen to miss this show, please go to iTunes and download it. That's right. Take the show on the go right here inside the Love Zone. And uh, the other things I want to talk about tonight before I get into our topic, next week, uh, it's a big week next week. We're going to have the Manhattans. And we're going to get into some of the Manhattans in just a little bit. Yeah, they're going to be here live. We're going to do a champagne toast and tribute to the Stars series. That's with the mighty, mighty Manhattan. So we want you to be here next week. That's the 22nd. The mighty Manhattans. And uh, they're going to be here. So we want you to pay tribute to them with us. So tonight's show, before we get into. Uh, uh, the Manhattans, we're going to play them in just a bit. It is all about women making more money than men. Now, the question is, is it that women are so hung up on security that they are not willing to just rely on a man anymore, so it's now all about I got to do me? Have we lost trust in one another? What happened to the word partnership? Does it exist in relationships? Or did the word die with, you know, our parents? We're going to talk about those questions and a whole lot more. I want to remind you that Hassani Pettiford, a, uh author, is going to be on our show this evening. He'll be calling him, and we'll be talking to him. He has a book out, Why We Hate Black Women. Now, I know that has a very negative connotation, but I think you need to hear the brother out. So he's going to be coming on a little later on, and he's also going to contribute to uh, – our show tonight, and the fact of women making more money than men. This is a new dynamic that has probably changed a lot of families. And the reason I'm bringing this topic up, there are going to be several series on this area. Because why? Well, the number one reason for divorce is finance. I already told you. There are five reasons for divorce. Finance, sex, family, abuse, compatibility. Well, we can throw that other one in there, drama. (laughs) Some of you just have too much drama and relationships. But before we get into uh, those topics, right now I want to take you into the Mighty Mighty Manhattans from a song back into 1960s. It's called Hurt. They're going to be on our show next week. We're going to take you through their uh, their um, discography. And this one is back from 1960. It's called Hurt by the Manhattan. Like I do. 
Mighty Mighty OJs. I had the pleasure of working with them back in the old days. That was one of the records that we had on 12-inch. Going to try to keep things short tonight and keep them moving because we have our uh, guest on the line, and I'm going to be bringing him in in just a few minutes. He has some great books out, and we're going to talk to him in just a few. But I want to get a few more questions out there. You know, when a woman makes more money than the man, uh, and they have to decide on purchases, you know, like where to buy the house or where they're going to live or the car that, you know, they're going to drive, especially him, especially if she makes more money, he might have to, she might have to finance it due to the guy's, uh, you know, credit. Um, the question becomes, should she have control in the relationship because she makes more money? Now, that was a question our the author, who I'll be bringing on shortly, posed on his Facebook account. Speaking of Facebook, if you haven't done it as of yet, make sure you become a fan today at the Love Zone USA. Uh, we want you to do that ASAP because we've got something special coming up for you. And like I said, some of this might, might sound a little negative, but it's here to have discussion. You know, if we don't have discussions about finance, sex, family, abuse, compatibility, guess what you're headed to? You're headed toward divorce. We're not going to put anything under the rug any longer. We're going to openly discuss it. That's what this show is about, as well as providing you a vehicle, hopefully, to meet that very special someone. And if you would like to call in, let me give you that telephone number right now. That number is 347-539-5729. That number, again, is 347-539-5729. My name is Mike. I'm the host of this show. And we want you to jump right on in. We're going to have our conference room a little later on. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, it gives me pleasure to uh, bring on our host, and our, 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 actually our guest. <laughs> I'm flipping between screens here, getting things set up. And uh, I would like to introduce him to you. He is a illustrious author, has a brand-new book out. Ladies and gentlemen, would you meet and greet Mr. Hassani Pettiford? Hassani, are you with me? I am. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Hassani. I'm glad you're here tonight. Welcome to the Love Zone, USA. How are you? It is a pleasure to be on your show. Oh, man. It's, uh, well, no one's more excited than I am because when I tripped over seeing your book online, I said, you know, this guy is on to something. And a lot of men are talking in the barbershops, and a lot of women are talking in the hair salons. we got to talk together openly. And I felt, you know, your book, as well as some gentlemen that I'll be inviting on in a couple of weeks, is one of those, you know, areas that we need to start discussing this. And the topic tonight is women who make more money than men. Before we get into your book, I want to get your take on that, Hassani, but before we do, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, some of the books you've been out, and uh, just give us a brief bio. Well, for the last uh, 12 years, I've actually been traveling all over the country speaking for colleges and universities, trade associations, community organizations, churches, and the like um, on the topics of male-female interpersonal relationships, human sexuality, 
personal growth and development. And within that time, I've had the opportunity of, of writing eight books. I just uh, came up with my eighth book, uh, two of which have been bestsellers. I, I wrote a book some time ago entitled Black Thighs, Black Guys, and Bedroom Lives, which was a phenomenal book. Uh, and then thereafter, I wrote another bestseller entitled Pippin from the Pulpit to the Pews, Exposing and Expelling the Spirit of Lust in the Church, which was a very controversial piece. But my latest book, and hopefully my greatest, is the book that um, just released, which is entitled Why We Hate Black Women and Why We Should Love Them. And I tell you, the, just the title alone is stirring up so much controversy, and uh, it's a great topic for discussion, and that's why I'm excited to be on your show tonight. Well, we're definitely going to get into that book, definitely going to get into that book. You know, what this show is about, Asani, is, you know, a lot of people may be, it's, it's rather new. We only started this show in January, January 13th to be exact. And the show is about talking about relationships and dating. And my feeling and my purpose for putting the show together was that the way you create a marriage is you start dating, then you get into engagement, a relationship, a relationship, then engagement, then marriage. So it's about the choices we make and how we can better make those choices in dating. That, to me, I think we start with that component. We can lead to better marriages. I don't, I, what's, your, what's your feeling about that? Well, you have just um, summed up something that I share all over the country entitled The Four Seasons of a Successful Relationship. You know, just like you have summer and spring and winter and fall, you know, in the world, in your relationship, there are four seasons. Uh, the first season is the dating season. Uh, the second season is what we like to call committed courtship. The third season is engagement, and the fourth season is marriage. And so I personally believe that the most important season out of all four would be the dating season because that is your selection process and people have always said that the origin of a thing oftentimes determines its nature so if it starts off wrong then you have the foundation for a horrible relationship but if it starts off correctly then you have the foundation for a successful relationship so I think we're right on the same page as it relates to the importance of, 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 of relationships and the transitions you should go through and how to make them work and I'm sorry, I got to tell you, I came up with that based on my, and I felt like, you know, mistakes that I made when I sat back 2020, it started with the dating. And there are two things I add to that that I've, I've put into the show, and, and they're really from my, my life. A tiger doesn't change its stripes. So the person you date, and if you go on and marry them, <laughs> That's the person you marry, the person you date. So a tiger doesn't change its stripe. That's, that's the first thing. And the second thing that I think I've learned from, from dating is, like you said, it's the selection process. Now, I'll be doing a show with the due diligence and what we call hardball questions, but, Asani, what I've come up with, I, I feel, I don't, I, I don't know about your experience with this, and maybe you can elaborate on it, I feel that most people only have, and this is from surveys that I've taken, most people only have like three to five written, what I call written in stones. These are uncompromisable positions between two people. So it's my belief that you have to find somebody that agrees with your three to five written in stones. Everything else is com compromisable for them, you know, and for you. And you have to agree with their written in stones. What's your feeling about that? 
Well, I, I, I wow, man. <laughs> I agree. I think that it's important to know what you like and what you don't like, what you believe and what you don't believe, and making sure that you have someone who shares the same interests and passions and goals. In essence, being on one accord. You know, there's a scripture even in the Bible that says, can two walk together unless they be in agreement? And the problem is we're not taking the time to really get to know the people we date. Why? Because many of us participate in naked dating. See, we have no problem becoming physically naked early in the relationship, but we have a major problem becoming emotionally and intellectually naked. And so in essence, sex becomes the main form of our communication. So we know more about each other's breasts and penises and vaginas and and thighs and eyes than we do our goals, our interests, our passions. And so We've, we've, we've made sex the wrong focus. It's become the main fo- form of our communication, which presents a, process, uh, presents a, a problem. There's a phenomenal book that I always encourage people to get, and the name of the book is entitled Intellectual Foreplay, Questions for Lovers and Lovers-to-Be. Because before you say, I do, before you even get into a committed relationship, you want to know the joker that you are dating, because people are crazy. And people know how to lie their way through a dating season. And if you don't take the time to really get to know them, I always tell women in particular to um, play detective but act naive. You know, if you play detective but act naive, you could find out a whole lot about a person rather than just taking what they say at face value. Oh, man, you are hitting so many nails on the head. I hope I hope they're out there listening. I, all i got to say is to our audience, knock, knock, is anybody home tonight? <laughs> Because, <laughs> I mean, what you're saying is really, really, really poignant, and, and it's to the point. It is really to the point. You have to get to know these people. Now, uh, before we go on and we get into the book as well as our topic, I want to get into some music. But when we come back, we're going to get right into this topic of women making more money than men, and right from then I'm going to transition into your book. But before I, I, I go into your book, I, I read the introduction and I've got to tell people, I really do. I mean, you know, I, I just met you recently over the phone, but when I read that introduction about why you bo- wrote the book and you alluded to your daughters, we're go- why don't you tell people a little bit about that up front? Uh, because I can tell your, your wife, your mother, your daughters, black women are very important to you as they are to most black men, and I, and I feel you. And I think you should just open up with that first before I go into this next song, and then we transition into, you know, our topic. But why don't you tell our audience about, you know, why you wrote the book? Let me just clearly say, because many people often assume the author of the book, Why We Hate Black Women, is a hater of black women. But I am the number one defender of all things black and female. So let me just say off the bat that I'm married to a beautiful black woman, okay? I have four beautiful black girls. I have a five-year-old named Paris, a four-year-old named Madison, a two-year-old named Savannah, and a two-week-old named Sydney. So there's a whole lot of estrogen in my home. (laughs) And so when I look at my daughters, and then I look at the relational state of affairs of many black women in America, I get discouraged. 
And so I wonder, will my daughters have to one day walk through the same footsteps that so many black women unfortunately have had to walk through? Because when you look at the statistics, 42.3% of black women have never been married by the age of 35 in comparison to 12.3% of white women. By the age of 40, black women are five times more likely to be unmarried, unpartnered than their white female counterpart. When you look at our community, over 70% of our households are run by single parent mothers, women. So it bears the question, why are so many black women alone? Why does it seem as if they've been abandoned and betrayed and rejected and denied and passed over for every alternative other? Why is that? And so the answers to these questions have opened up a cultural Pandora's box of issues that have been a major area of dissension between black men and women for years. So I felt the need to write the book because we need to bring clarity to the issue and to begin to solve our problem. We can't talk about building a strong black community until we talk about first building strong black male-female relationships with one another. And there's a civil war taking place in the black community today because every single time you turn on a YouTube video or read a blog, all you have are black men demonizing black women and black women dogging black men and we're at odds with one another and this wedge is ever-growing and increasing. And until we begin to self-reflect and take a look at ourselves and figure out what we have done to contribute to the problem, we will never come up with an adequate solution. And so that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book, Why We Hate Black Women and Why We Should Love Them. Hosani, I couldn't have said it better myself. I want you to hold on with me. Would you hang in there while I go into a break and with some music, and we're going to come back and talk about our topic. Would you do that for me? Absolutely. All right. We're going to have Hosani back in just a little bit, but right now I want to give out the telephone number, 347 539 5729. If this topic means anything to you tonight and you want to join in our discussion, give us a call right now. I think one of the reasons that we do have this separation between men and women, because as Hassani had mentioned, there's no partnership. Maybe because women feel like this. Here's Chaka Khan inside the Love Zone.
a little bit of Shaka Khan here inside the Love Zone with yours truly, your host, Mike T. Inside the Love Zone, a place where we live and learn, where you can listen to your heart. We're here to educate, elevate, and most of all, entertain. And like I say, most importantly, when you listen to everybody, whether it's me, our guest, or people who may call in, we just want you to listen and learn. Hopefully we'll take something away from the show tonight. And before I bring in our guest again, uh, I'd like to, uh, he put a a uh, piece of information on his uh, Facebook page today. And I saw this young lady's post, and I thought this is relevant right now. And for the gentleman who just called in, just bear with me for a second. I'm going to bring you on the line as well. Uh, but I want to say this. This young lady um, posted something. I hope she calls in. I'd really like to speak to her name is Susan Hall, and she responded to Hassani's post on his Facebook page about women making more money than men, and should they be in control? And I posted something about women in the workplace, because they're now getting uh, ahead as far as, uh, you know, corporate jobs. And naturally, I'm just going to put it out there, D. White Man is um, hiring a lot of uh, our sisters before black men. So they're put in those positions where they're in charge during the day. They have staffs. And then my question was, what would happen when they come home and relinquish? Would they relinquish that role to their man? And Susan Hall said, Mike, I own a business. I have a staff. own my own home. But when you come home, you want your man to be able to take control, make decisions, and hold you down. But oftentimes, the man feels something within himself where he assumes the role of just doing just enough to sustain the relationship and nothing more because they know or feel that their woman is holding it all together. A lot of times, they don't even try harder to make the relationship more of an equal balance. I am just speaking from experience. If I'm working all day long, bringing home the bacon, I want to come home to my bath water being run or dinner on the table or a clean house. Men have issues with role reversals oftentimes, and that begets an issue with control. All right? So, Hassani, before I bring in some of the callers, uh, what, do you, what do you have to say to that particular young lady, Susan Hall, who's uh, saying that we men should, um, you know, then – take on the roles of uh, what women normally have done in the relationship if they are bringing home the bacon. Well, what we're seeing today is that the roles have shifted. You know, there was a time when we had nothing but pretty women and working men, but it seems like today we have a whole lot of pretty men and working women. We switch roles. And uh, society has a lot to do with that. There's, you know, it's interesting. Um, there was a study that just came out that said that men are now the number one benefactor of marriage because of the economy sliding and job loss. Um, women are retaining their jobs and their positions. Men are not, so there's more women in the workforce, so you see them bringing home more money. That causes a whole lot of problems in relationships because we both have been raised traditional. You know, and what's happening is it has always been assumed that the man is the one who's supposed to be the protector and the provider. And so even though his reality changes from that ideal, it's hard to transition into the reality that you're now living because you hold on to those traditional beliefs and traditional values. So if I'm a man, man, 
man, and I don't believe it's my role to change diapers and to wash clothes and to, you know, do the laundry and, and to do the dishes and to vacuum. There's nothing that uh, anyone can make me do to get there. I've got to get there on my own. And unfortunately, many men are having a problem making that adjustment. At the same time, many women are, making, are having a problem making that adjustment as well. Oftentimes, I'm finding that so many women who are making more than their men, some of them, not all, but some, secretly resent their man for the fact that she is the main breadwinner in the relationship. So I think there's things on both parts that, that we need to acknowledge. Well, Hassani, we have some callers on the line. I want to take a call. Uh, is John from Manhattan with us? Hello, Hello John. Are you there? Hello? Hello? Hello, John? Yes. You're on the low zone. Welcome, welcome. Speak up a little bit. Uh, do you have um, some comments uh, for uh, for Hassani or myself in regards to this topic? Uh, yes, I do. But first of all, my name is Francis. Oh, you're Francis. Okay, I'm sorry. It's all good. Welcome, welcome. Well, you know, I agree with the point that, uh, you know, uh, I don't know who mentioned this before, but, you know, men being the benefactor, you know, you know, I read that, you know, you talk about, you know, New York Times, I read in New York Times, talk about Tommy D having a very strong opinion on, you know, men being a benefactor of, you know, this economy and, you know, women getting jobs now. You know, I, I agree with almost every point that, uh, I don't know who that gentleman was who uh, just stated all these uh, facts. I, I agree with all those points. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this, Francis. Are you in a relationship right now? Oh, uh, yes, I am. Uh, and it, uh, is your relationship uh, related to this topic where uh, your your woman makes more money than you, or is that not the case? Uh, yes, it is the case, you know. Okay. You know, my wife, my wife of uh, 34 years. You've been married. Your show oh. sucks. No, this is to your show. Your show sucks. It's terrible. Your show sucks. Your show sucks. No, this is to your show. No one listens to your show. Your show is terrible. Your show is terrible. <laughs> your show is terrible. Terrible. Who is that? I think my producer is going to have to do one of those voice calls <laughs> on that line. Barry, did you take care of that for me? <laughs> Hello, is Francis still there? No, I guess we we must have lost Francis. Uh, Barry, could you bring on John from L.A.? Is John John in the room? Hello, John. Don't tell me you lost. Well, Hassani, are you still there? With I am still here. Yes, sir. Yeah, I was going to try to bring the other caller on, and we have a gentleman named Fred. Barry, uh, I'm going to uh, get my producer to get one of them on the line. I'd like to uh, get their comments. Is uh, either Fred from Newark or either John from L.A., either one. Are you with us? Hello? Yeah, hello. This is uh, Juan. Juan. Okay, Juan. Where are you calling from, Juan? Uh, yeah, I'm calling from uh, Los Angeles. Oh, okay, uh, Juan. Uh, and uh, how are you today? We're, we're Welcome to the Love Zone. Glad to have. Yeah, I'm fantastic. Uh, I've been listening to the Love Zone for uh, you know the past couple of weeks, and I really enjoy the the conversations you got going here. Great, great. And 
in regards to our topic this evening, what what is your feeling about women making more money than men? Well, I actually have a have a spouse that uh, owns a cotton farm out in a southern, uh, w- western uh, Los Angeles, not Los Angeles, California, uh, near San Diego, and she okay. owns a cotton farm. And from the cotton farm, uh, she makes a lot of money from this cotton farm. So, and I work just as a landscaper. So you know, I I'm hand in hand with this topic, and I just wanted to know, you know. This is, you know, what I feel. You know, I feel kind of jealous. I feel a little bit, you know, mistreated. Is this normal feelings? I think it's very normal uh, for you to feel that way. And and many men and women in the relationship have a problem adjusting to this new reality. You know, in the Uh book... in my book, Why We Hate Black Women and Why We Should Love Them, and let me just say off the board, this is not an issue that we as a people, black people, monopolize because we're finding that people of all cultures and races deal with these issues as well. But we kind of delve into it within my book. Um, this is, uh, and we deal with the problems or the things that men do that contribute to the problem and the things that women do that contribute to the problem. Can I, can I quickly share that uh, with your guests? Yeah, that's oh, fine. Okay, well, when you typically have a man who is dating or married to a successful woman, it can present many great challenges. Let's just talk about the men first. Sometimes men are, number one, intimidated by a woman who makes more. It may not be the money necessarily, but he's intimidated by her position, whether she's a doctor, a lawyer, owns a cotton farm. Uh, He's intimidated by her possessions, her house, her car her jewelry, the things that she's accumulated uh, throughout the course of her life. He's intimidated by her personality because oftentimes successful women, uh, financially successful women, have a very aggressive, assertive personality that may not necessarily always play well within the realm of a relationship. Number two, men sometimes feel inadequate within their presence because what happens is rather than him looking at her as a wonderful compliment to him, they look at each other as a form of competition. And so every time he looks at her, it's a, it's, a, it's a reminder of what he's failed to do in his own life. And so inadequacy, feelings of inadequacy can creep in. Number three, some men are very traditional in their thinking and don't believe it's a woman's role to be the protector, the, to be the provider and the main breadwinner. Likewise, he doesn't feel like it's his role to be the one at home taking care of the kids and, and cleaning up that house. And so those, those three areas cause problems, but there are three things that women do that also contribute to the problem. Number one, some women, not all, but some, bring in an attitude of superiority in the relationship and are quick to remind the man about what she's contributing and what she brings to the the table in comparison to what he fails to do. And so it's a wonderful way to emasculate your man within that relationship with this attitude of superiority. Number two, and I'm almost done. Number two, oftentimes... When women succeed in life, oftentimes what they accomplish, that becomes their new standard um, by which they judge all future relationships. What does that mean? That means for many of them, you know, if I've got a degree, he's got to have a degree. If I make six six figures, he better not make a dollar less. You know, if if I own my own home, he better not rent. If I can bench press 250 pounds, he better come correct. And so everything that she does, he has to do equally as good or better, and if not, oftentimes, 
sometimes he's X'd off the list or a whole lot of resentment enters into the relationship. And number three, oftentimes women are so focused, so preoccupied with their careers, with their vision, with their purpose, that oftentimes men feel as if they are not prioritized in the relationship. And so there are things that we both contribute to this problem. And until we learn to get money as an issue out of the way and all the things associated with it, it will always be one of those things that causes major problems in our relationships and in our marriages. I think we need to talk about how we come up with solutions a little later on. Juan, you have something to say to that? Uh, yeah. Actually, you brought up a couple of really good points. And the caller that I was waiting with uh, in the screening room, uh, his name was, I think, Frederick. He had exactly the opposite, I, I think, or close to it. C- can we put him on so I can uh, reiterate that with him? Is it possible yeah. to do that? Is Fred there from uh, Newark? I think, uh, Barry, if you got Fred, bring him on the line now. Fred from Newark. Hello, Fred. Hello, this is uh, Frederick. I'm calling from Newark and New Jersey. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Fred, uh, I've got to ask you something. Yes. What's your name? Uh, yeah, my name is Juan. I was in the screening room with you, remember? Oh, yeah, yes. Okay, well, what's your question? Okay, well, remember when we were in the screening room and I was uh, talking about how you make, you know, almost twice as much as your wife, and you feel that, you know, that's good, that's good with you, that's how you like it. Well, well yeah, case, I mean, it, it, cre- it on, creates hold, a sense. One second. It cre- yeah, one second. One second. In my case, my wife makes twice as much as me because she owns a cotton farm down in uh, Southern California. So, what's your opinion on it? If the roles are reversed on you. Well, I feel I I make about double. Like I said, I make about double as much as my wife, and uh, it creates a sense of dominance in the relationship, which really permeates throughout the entire relationship, from going to dinner, from having a sexual relationship, to even talking. Like I'm always the first. I I'm. It's inferred, it's implied that I'm going to be the dominant person in the relationship. Um, I'm one, I mean, I always start the conversations. I'm always the one that orders for us. I'm always on top in the bedroom. And uh, it cre- it's a really nice feeling, to be honest with you, to to have that dominance of relationship. But in your case, it's actually quite unfortunate. I mean, what what kind of company are you in? A, oh, a, uh, a, slave, I'm a, a cotton no, no, no. I'm a landscaper. Oh, okay. And what is what does your wife do? Pick uh, yeah, cotton? She a, she, yeah, no, she owns a cotton farm, and she has a couple of workers. <laughs> is one of those Harry? <laughs> is one of those Harry Tubman? <laughs> I'm not sure. Well. You know what? Uh, I mean, if 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 those guys are serious, uh, I just have to uh, question that. But if, if, if they're serious, Asani, uh, are you still there? I'm I'm with you. <laughs> Excuse me. Yes, I. Your 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 guests are quite amusing this evening. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds a little funny to me, but in in any case, I'm not really concerned with a man making twice as much as a woman as I am with a woman making a lot of money and her role changing because of the money in the relationship. And that's what what really we're here to talk about. Um, In regards to 
you know, how that equates in the Bible, I was was uh, commenting on one of your posts today, and in the Bible, I made a, a quote, Hassani, I don't know if you saw it on your, your post, and it was in regards to a helpmate and women being helpmates. And I was saying to someone, in the Bible, I quote Corinthians 11, 3, uh, verse 1, it says, God says, but I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of the wife is her husband, and the head of the Christ is God. And like I said to someone on your post, I didn't see money mentioned in there. Exactly. What's your feeling on that, Hassan? Exactly. You know, like I think that we personalize our money. You know, we attach our money to who we are, and, it, you know, it, it speaks to our own uh, self-confidence, self-esteem, um, the way we perceive the world. And as you said, money was nowhere mentioned in that particular scripture. Outside of money, outside of so many other societal factors, God established his system in terms of, you know, order within the home. God, you know, man, woman, child, that is the order. I mean, that's, it, you know, if we take the philosophy that, whoever makes more money has more power, then what if my child, you know, is successful as a teen? He has a business, and he's making more than me. Does he now set the rules of my household? Does he now determine when he wants to come in and leave? No, there is order that has to be maintained, regardless of what happens in society. And unfortunately, change is inevitable. You know, we live in a society and in an economy where change constantly takes place. I may have a job one day, lose it the next. I may get a promotion one day, and a demotion the next. And so I can't allow societal norms and societal changes to to negatively impact how I uh, um, establish order within my home. At the end of the day, if you're going to make the Bible final authority in your marriage, in your life, then money cannot be the thing that shifts power, if you will, within your relationship. And I think that's what's happening here, is that oftentimes we use the Bible when it's convenient for us to use. But many of these hard, sticky issues, like Submission and how to love, you know, your spouse, all those other issues, you know, based upon what we feel comfortable with is what we decide to do. And someone was saying today, Hassani, that we should just eliminate religion and all those stereotypes out of the relationship, especially since society is saying that uh, man should be the protector, the provider, and all that. And uh, most men do want a traditional relationship, I think. And, uh, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but, you know, I think the way we're raised, uh, to be the protector, the provider, um, and then with the job shifting and, and, and things changing in society, you know, we do want those relationships. So when a woman is in, let's say, a, a better position financially than we are, uh, I think that takes a lot of toll on a lot of men's self-esteem as to where they fit in that relationship, especially, like you said earlier, when some women tend to flaunt their authority through the power and the money that they make, and that shifts the feeling, which could cause a lot of men to kind of, you know, I, 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 I hate to say it, but exit left. The other side of the coin is I look at Tiger Woods. He's dating a nanny, or, or his wife was a nanny and a model, and the women that he had affairs with, they were, you know, as alluded to in the news, waitresses. I haven't seen Oprah date a man on that level, although, you know, you know she's been pretty steady, I guess, with Stedman. Um, it, it, it seems like with her and Holly Berry having to pay some, I think it was child support or alimony to uh, Eric Benet, 
women, when they make more money than men, their choices in men are very, how can I say, arm's distance, if, 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 if I can use that expression, versus we kind of embrace women no matter what their financial status is. Exactly. You know why? Because that does not move us. Men do not select women based upon their resume. And unfortunately, so many women bring their resume to the table to justify why they are a good woman. Like, you typically will hear a woman say, I'm a good woman. Well, why? Because I got a good job. I make good money. I got my own house. I got my own car. Well, that does not make you a good woman because you could be evil and nasty and miserable and don't know how to talk to people or treat people. And just because you have material possessions does not qualify you as a good woman, likewise with a man. And so I think, unfortunately, we've made exterior, uh, external things um, the qualifier for what makes us good or not good. And it presents a problem. Men are drawn to what they see, right? We like an attractive woman. We like a, a particular, you know, a particular body, a particular personality. Those are the things that initially draw us. Women are the ones that are seeking out men who have it together, who have a good job, you know, his own car his own place. Those are the first questions women ask. And so what we're seeing is that, you know, the way that we want to be loved is the way that we love. Because we want somebody with these things, these things, material things, we feel like we have to overcompensate by letting that man know what things they have. And that's not what moves a man, because the typical man can date a, a, a waitress or a secretary because he's into her, whereas a woman is looking for stability, she's looking for predictability, she's looking for security, all these other things, and so possessions and income mean more to her. And I think that we have to be clear not to put each other's um, uh, desires on one another. Absolutely, I, I agree. I can't. I can't agree with you more, Hassani. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go into some music. I would like to get some more callers on the line, and then when we come back, I'd like to talk a little bit about your book. Is that okay with you? And would you hang in there with me? Absolutely. All right, Hassani. As you're inside the love zone with yours truly, Mike T, and our guest Hassani Pettiford, the telephone number where you can call in is three four seven five three nine fifty seven twenty nine. That number again is three four seven. 539-5729. As we continue with more good music here inside the Love Zone, and we're talking about women making more money than men, the question is, regardless of money, Frankie Beverly says, love is the key.
Hi, this is Phil Perry. And when I listen to love songs, I listen to Love Zone USA with Mike T. Doesn't get any better.
sound of uh, Bill Perry, who has been on our show, and he's along with Melba Moore. And I just got to tell you that uh, something happened this week that's bringing us very close to having part two of our champagne toast and tribute to the stars with Melba Moore, uh, where we're going to finish that uh, champagne toast. Oh, something happened real special this week. We're going to tell you about that. Also, I want to remind you that next week the Manhattans will be here. We're going to celebrate and honor them. So for those of you who are Manhattan's, Manhattan's fans, be sure to tell your friends. And uh, be sure to join us next week and pay your tribute and honor to them because the champagne toast and tribute to the stars is a series that I thought of that it was time to pay tribute to these stars while they're alive. So if you want to do that, uh, you can call. the phone lines will be open next week for you to do that. Now, I started off with Maze and Love is a Key, and I want to bring our guest back on, uh, Hassani Pettiford. Hassani, are you back with me? Hello, Hassani, are you there? Hello, hello. Yes, I'm here with you. Good, good. As I alluded before we went into the music break, um, we we're going to talk about your book, and that's Why We Hate Black Women. Why don't you uh, tell us a little bit more about some of the chapters in that book and uh, what it really is all about? Well, number one, let me just quickly say that uh, oftentimes many people assume that the we that I'm talking about is black men, and that is not necessarily the case. Uh, though we do deal with that topic, um, you know, there's a chapter, the title, a chapter entitled uh, "Why Black Men Don't Want You." But we also talk about why some black women hate themselves, why some black women hate on other women. You know, what role hip hop has played in the devaluing of our women, what role the media has played in the demonizing of our women. You know, the historical legacy that dates all the way back to the plantation and what effect that has had on black women. So we talk about in the book how we all have been willing participants, if you you will in the hatred of our women and what we need to begin to do about to, to do about that but if i could you know one of the biggest areas of controversy is the whole issue regarding men and women in relationships and so i would love to just share with you some of my thoughts uh from the chapter why black men don't want you can i do that with you absolutely Asani. please do well, let me just start by saying that, you know, when you look at the statistics, according to a U.S. Census poll of 2009, there were 310,000 black men who married white women. However, within that same year, there were 4.1 million black men who married black women. And so we're seeing that black men overwhelmingly are more committed to the race than those who are stepping out and choosing the alternative other, whether it's Asian, Latino, or white. However, there is a growing number of black men who are deciding to migrate out, you know, <clears throat> into other other cultural groups. And there was a there was a study that I found online. I didn't write it or create it, but I actually found it. And it was a survey done entitled "The Top Ten Reasons Why It's Hard to." date a black woman and it was written by a man, a man by the name of Matthew Lynch and he gives he what he did was he interviewed a good cross-section of black men and came up with 50 reasons but here he lists the top 10 let me quickly go over these with you number one black women make black men feel underappreciated unwarranted irresponsible and regressive
aggressive. Number two, black women are too aggressive and no longer patient in waiting on the pursuit of a man. Number three, black women are strong-headed, too independent, which presents great challenges in relationships. Number four, black women are masculine in that they are controlling and like to run the relationship. Number five, black women expect too much. They're gold diggers who will not look twice at a blue-collar man. Number six, black women are hot-headed and have bad attitudes. Number seven, black women stop caring about their appearance after a certain age. Number eight, black women are not as sexually open as other races, especially in regards to oral sex. Number nine, black women's tolerance is far too low. They are no longer patient or empathetic um, to the black men's struggle in white America. And number 10, black women do not cater to their men. Now, one thing about this list, one thing we've got to acknowledge is that everything about this list is absolutely true. However, however, everything about this list is also absolutely false. It depends upon who we are comparing to this list because the reality is there are many women, you know some of them I do, who represent every single detail on this list. But there are many other women who don't represent the list at all. But there are some who represent elements of the list, whether they're conscious of it or not. The problem is you've had individual black men who have had bad relationships with individual black women and with a broad stroke painted this uh, image that represented the totality of all that black women are as opposed to dealing with the individual black women that they've dated. And these cultural stereotypes and these stigmas and these false labelings or generalizations have negatively labeled many of our women, have affected their lives, affected their careers, affected their happiness, affected their uh, relationships and their romance. And unfortunately, we're using these as justifications to leave never to return again. And it, and, and it speaks to, it contributes to the whole situation about why we have a nation of single black women uh, in America. Now, Hassani, that list is just, uh, I hope I can get a copy of it and post it somewhere. But one of the things that was important to me on that list, and I won't uh, delve into any one particular area, but one of the things that, that just lit a match underneath me is the media. And that's why I started this show, because I was very much a part of the mainstream media at one point, working at radio stations where we had program directors and consultants. And now I can speak my mind freely, and I'm going to do so. In the media, do you believe that um, black women have bought into the media's, um, or I guess lack of, giving black men a voice? which is why you hear there are no black men available. They give the statistics about the jail. Sure, the numbers, you can't argue with the numbers, but I haven't seen one panel of black men. I haven't seen one talk show where there's a black man other than Montel, and he doesn't tend to, uh, you know, talk about our plight uh, that much. So I don't see a voice in mainstream media for black men, and we talk about it a lot amongst my friends. At the barbershop, I hear it all over. What's your opinion about that? I just had that conversation uh, just the other day with someone um, about the fact that most blacks that you see in media that have their own shows or programs are black women. And to their credit, wonderful. You know, Oprah does a great job. Tyra Banks does a great job. I can't necessarily say the same thing for Wendy Williams or, or, or Moish. Um, what, what's the sister on BET who has her own show now? Um, she just won the Oscar for that movie that she was well, in. 
Monique, I, I'm not really a fan of her show. But no, nonetheless, black women have a voice, whereas black men are voiceless. And so, right, this this stereotype and this and this notion that there are just no good black men out there, black many good black men have a problem with that. Um, and and if black women would learn how to adjust their focus or adjust their lenses, they will realize that there are plenty of good black men out there. And so the question I always hear from black women as well, where is he? You know, and if you can find him, give him my number. Well, I think that one of the problems is because many men all over the country come to me and often say black women claim that they want a good black man, but what they claim they want and what they're attracted to are two totally different things. Oftentimes, women will say, what what makes a good man but when she finds that good man he is not in the package that she finds attractive and so she will pass him over for someone who may not possibly be any good for her and so we're seeing that you know the guy who you know pulls out the chair and opens up the car door and helps her with her coat and pays for the meal and lavishes her with gifts you know he's the nice guy you know he's like my brother and we you know what what happens is they put him into this friend box or they become their new BFF but there's nothing about them that, that, that attracts these women to these men. There's no sexual energy between the two but it's always the womanizer the roughneck, the thug the bad boy. Those are the ones that draw or attract many of our women and so the question is why? Because I can't believe that you know, a lot of these successful black women want a bad man, so there's got to be something about their character, their qualities, their personality that's drawing them. And, and these are some of the issues that I'm actually going to be dealing with in my next book, which is part two to this, Why We Hate Black Men Even More. And we delve into the co uh, comparative analysis between the nice guy and the bad boy. Well, you speak of, of two characters that I, I characterize on this show. We call one, Clem Cadillahopper, who is a nice guy. He's the one that women date for the first 90 days. And when she's decided to get committed to him and invite him over to the house, she doesn't want to go to bed with Clem Cadillahopper. She wants Buddy Love. If you saw the movie with Eddie Murphy, we call that one Buddy Love. He's the one that comes out the closet and he's a little little more aggressive in all the qualities that you name. Now, she wants both, but I can tell you she doesn't really want to marry a Clem Cadillhopper, most, most women I've spoken to. And when they do, they're cheating with a buddy love. Mm. That enters the relationship at some point because, matter of fact, if I go back and refer to the comment, by this young lady named Susan Hall. Let me just uh, scroll back to that one sentence where she says, um, let, me, let me pull it up here. Here it is. <clears throat> she says, I want your man to be able to take control, make decisions, and hold you down. And, and she's saying this, but when you come home, you want your man to be able to take control, make decisions, and hold you down. That's buddy love to me. If, if ever a sentence jumped out to me, Asani, and said, that's buddy love, that was what Susan Hall described. But now later on she says, if I'm working all day and bringing home the bacon, I want you to come home to my bath water being run, a dinner on the table, or a clean house. That's Clem Cadillahopper because, like you said earlier, I don't know too many men who want to accept that role. 
but as you also said, relationships and society has changed. So the question is, who is she more attracted to? I'm willing to tell you that I think most women are more attracted to Buddy Love, but they don't want to date him because when they go to the office, when they go to the girlfriend network, they, the, the first thing that's going to be happening at the water cooler is, how was that date last night? Oh, he was so nice. <laughs> you are so, you hit it right on the head. What what did you call the other characters? Buddy Love and who? Wim Cadiddlehopper. And let me give you, I'm, I'm dating myself. Uh, it, it, it's a name for a nice guy, but let me tell you where I got it from. Me and a buddy of mine were talking one time, and there was an old show, television show, maybe you can look it up on YouTube, Red Skelton. And he had this character called Clem Cadiddlehopper. And when we were growing up, any guy who was, you know, not aggressive, not, you know, the, the buddy love type, the, all, all the things that you described earlier in the, in, the, in the adjectives that you described, we called them Clem Cadiddlehoppers. They were just so nice. And these are the ones, you know, the girls, like you said, they would friend them and put them in the friend box. And these were the nice guys. But when it came to partying, these guys couldn't get a dance. <laughs> with women at these dances that we used to go to. And we see them on the wall. They go, Clem Cadiddlehopper, Buddy Love, got his hands uh, hand in hand, taking the girl outside of a little basement party, outside, coming back, and they're grinding in the corner. Buddy Love is eating tuna fish on crackers and drinking cooler. <laughs> <laughs> or Clem Cadiddlehopper is right. <laughs> While Buddy Love has got his woman, or the woman he potentially wanted to be with that night. So, you know, you, you described that perfectly. I mean, and those are the characters I use on this show, you know, for that situation. So now we've talked about the book, and you did say something about uh, you were going to do some promotions for people who were listening to the show tonight. I thought, um, you know what, why don't we uh, take a mute? Well, why don't you tell them oh, the promotion you wanted to do for them tonight, for those listening to the show, or maybe can contact you on your Facebook page that heard the show tonight if they mention the Love Zone USA. Absolutely. Um, for any individual who's on the chat right now or listening to this show, if you go to my website, www.whywehateblackwomen.com or hasani.com, that's H-A-S-A-N-I.com, if you go to the site and buy my brand-new book, Why We Hate Black Women and Why We Should Love Them, I'm going to do something that I just did uh, very recently, and, I, and I've noticed that it's made a tremendous impact. If you buy that book by midnight tonight, so whether you're on the East Coast or the West Coast, uh, whenever is midnight in your time zone, if you buy the book, I will throw in two additional books for free that I have written. I've written over eight books, two of which have been bestsellers. And so I have a wonderful assortment of books to choose from. And so I will reward you with two additional books as a way of saying thank you for listening to the show and and supporting me um, with your purchase. Well, Asani, I want to want to ask you something else in relationship to the Love Zone. We have a lot of people who listen to our show on iTunes and they download it. Um, and we have what we call a backstage pass, where we say love has its privileges, and they can come and get this backstage pass for free. Uh, I want to ask you for those who who don't hear the show tonight, but do download it and hear this within the show. Will you honor that same promotion for those who have a Love Zone backstage pass and can present that to you? Absolutely. The, what, what they need to do is somewhere when they're purchasing their order, somewhere in the form, if they could just put the name of your radio show, that way I'll know it's them. 
um, no problem. I will honor that, and, and and that's the commitment that I have for you and all of your listeners. Super, super. You know what? We're going to talk more about women who make more money than men. I'm going to take a music break. And for those of you who would like to call in and speak to either Hassani or myself, or maybe you just want to do Love Zone Profile, either one, give us a call at 347-539-5729. That telephone number, again, is 347-539-5729. And for those women out there who do not think black men can handle, you know, them making more money, that is really not the issue because we're going to take this music break, and I'm going to do it with Will Downing because he says, regardless of, how much money you make, baby girl? I'm for real. I'm never ever ever gonna leave you. I'm for 
And I go to different things every now and again. I, I was married, and my husband, I made more than him, and we got along just great. And we were married until death do us part. He passed away. But we did everything together. Our money all went into one account. We went on vacations. It was not a thing of, I make more than you, so no, you can't do this, or you can't make a decision, or you can't. We were equal partners. And there's quite a few people that I know that are like that. They're equal partners. But every time I hear, it's always the black woman is this, and she's such a this, and she's such a that. It's both, both genders. You have bad black men, you have bad black women. And we keep on fighting each other. What, when did this all happen? And when they say that women, women are so aggressive, whenever I go to something, I don't understand how the men are standing on one side, the women are standing on one side, the women are dancing together. A man will come and stand in front of her and dance, not asking to dance or anything, but he'll come in front of her and dance and then walk away. But then they'll say women are aggressive. I don't understand that. I don't know when this all happened. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I didn't get the memo that we're just not getting along. You were married at the time. (laughs) No. Well, I guess. I guess so. But, I mean, even so, we still went out. We went to things. I'm just wondering, when did all of this hate come about? Because every program I listen to now is like, yeah, these black women and black women. And I'm saying, my God, where did this all come from? Everybody, you know, bashing the black woman. And there's some good black women out there that are looking for good black men. But the black, good black men, they are standing on one side, and the women are standing there, and they're trying not, they're not being aggressive, going and asking them to dance or pulling them over and saying, give me your number or whatever. So I'm not understanding what everybody's looking for. Okay, Dee. Well, let me ask you this. You mentioned one great thing that I, I'm sure that interested me, Hassani, and I know my producer just uh, I am me. You said you had a joint account with your husband? Yes. Okay. You didn't have a separate account from him? No. And he didn't have a separate account from you? No. Now, they say birds of a feather flock together. Can you name three of your girlfriends that have that same arrangement? I know a few. Okay, and so you, you, out of your girlfriends, you can name three women who have that same arrangement that I'm Yes, at. but also what I was hearing, okay, I heard you also contradicting yourself in something when you said that black women are gold diggers, but then you said they want the thug. Now, that's what I'm seeing also. How could they be gold diggers if they're ending up with the thugs? Because the thugs are not working. They're sitting at home while a woman go out to work. I hope I can respond to this because this, I, I don't know I don't know what point you tuned into the show, but let me reiterate what I said initially that I am the lover of all things black and female. That's not my poll. That's not my survey. <clears throat> it's a survey that I found online that I felt important to deal with because there's a whole lot of stereotypes and generalizations that are, that are going on out there that is negatively portraying black women. Now we can't deny that this reality exists. There are trifling women out there, but there are very good women out there. The problem problem is we zone in and focus so much on the bad woman that we don't celebrate the good women that are out there. So I'm in agreement with the men. But, sister, that's exactly why I wrote the book. That is why I wrote the book, Why We Hate Black Women and Why We Should Love Them. So I think we're on one accord in terms of the disgust that we both share in terms of what's in place today. Okay. Because I know, you know, I do see women that, I used to cook every day, and I went to work. I worked, 
okay? And I cooked every day. My husband always knew that 5 o'clock he had his dinner. And it wasn't leftovers. It wasn't nothing. In fact, it was funny because when we first started, when he first started coming over for dinner, he was like, wow, how could she cook so fast? And it must be something she's just going to throw together. And then he kind of say, wow, you know, you cook really good and so fast. And he always knew it was going to be something good. And it was no franks and beans or anything like that. And I do know that there are women that don't cook, and then they'll say they expect to have a good man. Well, no, you're not going to keep a man if you don't take care of your man and don't cater to your man. And that's something that I did. But then he catered to me too. So it has to be a partnership. And that's not what I'm seeing nowadays. It seems that people don't have patience for each other anymore, and they don't like each other. And that's another thing. We liked each other and loved each other. We could sit at breakfast and start talking, and we would end up, before we knew it, it was lunchtime, just sitting at the table talking. I don't see that a lot. I don't see people communicating. And I think that's the problem because the good men are not talking to the good women. And I see that now when I go to certain different affairs, there's good guys there and there's good women there, but they don't talk to each other. And that's why we're providing this show, Dee, is so that we do have a vehicle to communicate, to air our differences, and to get some discussion and communication going. So hopefully we come up with some solutions. That was the whole purpose of this show, simply to educate to elevate and entertain, and I would bring on people like Asani, uh, Dr. R.G. Allen, Kathy Bishop. There's been a host of women on the show. So I am trying to balance this thing. Unlike what I've seen on television with Oprah and other shows, I don't see many men panels. I don't see many of our sides of view. And, and don't get me wrong. But they're not talking about men on there. They're not on there so much talking about relationships. Those shows no, are not really, you know. And, and the main in the mainstream media, we, we don't seem to have a voice, and I think most men will, will, will uh, you know, agree with me on that. So my voice in relationship in this show will give men and women a voice to discuss some of the issues in hopes of, as you said, communication is key to any relationship. Well, if we can don't... I say something? Instead yeah, of sure. having only doing it on the radio, when you guys go out, <laughs> try to strike a, a conversation with a woman sometimes, and maybe some of the guys will follow suit. <laughs> you know, I don't, because everybody's not listening to your program, but when we go out and I see that you're sitting in a corner with your friends, your guys, and the women are sitting over there, strike up the conversation and say, come on, guys, let's go talk to those women, or let's go dance with them or something. Let's, let's mingle. That's not happening. D, I don't have that problem. I think you said you met me out at an but affair. I, I didn't actually meet you. I heard um, you were. They were. I forgot they were talking about it, and they said right. you had a um, program. I think um, it might have been at um, Eric Lindsay's birthday. Yeah, birthday. Er- Eric yeah. Lindsay's. Right. And I he remember. said you had a blog talk radio, and, I, and that's when I said, "Oh, what is that?" You know, and I wrote it down, and I said, oh, "I have to listen to it one day." But again, most of the guys, what were they doing? They were there, and what were the women doing? They were on dance with a dance by themselves. And I'm like, my goodness gracious, what is this about? When did this happen? So when of, you're out, try to tell the guys, maybe you should talk to them then. When you're out, say, well, guys, why are y'all just standing around the corner? You know, all those women over there? It's not like you're there to pick somebody up and to go home with someone. But at least if you're all out there, out together, you can at least have fun together. You never know. You might strike up a friendship. Well, uh, you know, 
Let me just say this. I think that many of us come into situations or parties, as you say, with a whole lot of issues, a whole lot of baggage, a yeah. whole lot of drama, and unfortunately we carry our past pain in our, into our present situations, and we wind up holding people hostage to our past situations. Yeah. I mean, I was at a – and I travel all over the country, and I speak to men and women on a daily basis. Um, I was on a college campus a couple of weeks ago, you know, just trying to find out where the student center was. There was a sister – walking down the hall and I'm like excuse me can I ask you a question and she looked at me up and down and kept on walking I'm like excuse me can I ask you a question and she's just like no and I'm like well why not and she kept on walking and I had to say I don't want you I just want directions <laughs> and, and and I think that her response to me was based upon possibly how she may have been approached inappropriately by men in her past but I think what happens is there's a whole lot of emotional baggage and men and women are not healing from their past and, and what they're doing is they're lashing out at one another so when you say when did this all start and how did this all begin this has been going on for, for, for years for decades. I mean, there's a long legacy. Um, matter of fact, we can go 390 years back to the plantation to the breakdown of the family, and we're okay. still dealing with a lot of those, the remnants of what has happened to us. Not I just, never had that problem. I never had that problem. When I used to go out, before I got married, I used to go out, and I had fun. We danced. Guys came in there to the dance. You danced. You had fun. You talked. You said they might buy you a drink or whatever. It was no, you know, no ties. You're not looking to pick up somebody. Just go and have fun. And that's what it was. And now I never see a guy ask a woman to dance. They will, the women will be on the floor dancing. A guy will stand in front of her, dance, and then walk away. Then nobody says, let's dance together or whatever. It's like they just stand in front of you and start dancing. Okay, when D, I used to go out, we had fun. D, I, I was back in the day, and I'll mm -hmm. tell you what I see a little bit different uh, now. When women come in packs with their girlfriend network, it is hard to get a word in edgewise. Uh, I hope I'm, I'm going to do a whole show on this dancing meeting out thing. That's a whole nother show. Okay. But just defensive men, it is very difficult to approach one that you want or you're attracted to, and the other three are looking at you. Well, why didn't he? Why didn't he say hello to me? Or why didn't he ask me to dance? Because I was interested in your friend. But exactly, because so no problem. <laughs> another thing, but when it's girls' night out, it looks like I'm an intrusion in your conversation to ask the one I'm interested in to dance, and that's where this problem is probably happening. And if I don't have four guys, three other guys with me, and you're sitting at the table with three women, it it makes it look like, oh, well, she she's Cinderella, and what are we, the three three blind mice here? So there are some other – that's a whole nother show. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's, it's maybe it's where you're from or whatever. Are you originally from Jersey or somewhere? Because yeah. maybe it's from maybe it was New York. I'm from New York originally, and I do notice a difference over here. But it just did it wasn't like that when I oh, was going. Oh, I out. agree with you. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Well, to that point, it looks like you asked me to call. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> Definitely wanted you to call me. Definitely. <laughs> And I'm so happy that you called in. Well, to our topic, women who make more money than men. I'd like to thank Hassani for, uh, you know, contributing and stopping by and telling us about his book and sharing his insight on this very, I, I, would, I would have to say it, it, it isn't over yet. 
we still need to discuss this because finances are the reason for most divorces. And the more we have discussion about it, in my feeling, the closer we'll get to, you know, vocally discussing it in public to being able to handle it behind closed doors. The next time I do the show, I'm I'm going to make sure I get a panel of men and a panel of women. I think that would be uh, a a way to also approach this. But, Hassani, is there anything, uh, lastly, that you want to say before we uh, close off the air? I just want to, number one, thank you for allowing me to come on your program. And if you ever should have another interesting topic, feel free to reach out to me. There's so much to share with such little time um, that we could actually get into. For all the listeners and those on the chat, I really encourage you to continue to tune into this show because you're hearing quality um, uh, experts who are calling and giving wonderful advice. And so this is a way that you can begin to build your relationships and have that healthy foundation that you're looking for. Once again, I encourage you all to go to the website, www.whywehateblackwomen.com. Pick up your copy today. It's just 16.95, but you will get two additional books for free just for the for the um, purchase. Feel free to go to my fan page on Facebook, Hassani Pettiford. Be a part of the daily discussion. We have blogs. We have questions of the day. We have our, our relationship advice column. All types of wonderful things that you could benefit from. And so I welcome you into my world. And once again, brother, thank you for having me on your show. Hey, Hassani, thank you so much. And Dee, are you still there? Dee, are you still there with me? <laughs> Maybe she's not. But, Dee, if you're listening, I would love for you to have your girlfriends, the ones that cook and the ones that think like you. Hello, Dee, are you there? <laughs> okay. Hello, Dee, are you still there? I'm here. Yes, I'm I w- here. I am going to make sure that we have a show with you and your girlfriends that uh, think like you. That okay. would be the Interesting show. I would just love. You think we can work that out? Because you are of a, you know, you're 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 a little different than what the media is portraying. What, like you said, you might be hearing on blog talk. I am about the positive. I am about the solution. Definitely. Okay, because I even my even my daughter. She can't find a nice guy, and she's a nice woman, and she has no children, no out of wedlock children. You know. And it seems to me like even the guys, when you're talking about the women, but I'm looking at the guys, they seem to want the hood rat also. When they talk about well, the women want the thugs, the men, a lot of men want the hood rat. So I don't know. Well, I'm going to personally invite you and your girlfriends back on a panel. Would you do that for me, D? Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Looks like we're to you. All right. Thank you for calling All in. Right. Okay. Looks like on the wall, so that's just about all for us here on this uh, love zone. Women making more men, money than men. All I can say in closing, ladies, I've enjoyed your company. I've enjoyed I hope you've enjoyed mine. For those of you who did, I'll see you another time. I'm going to say this in closing. Willie Hutch says it best. Trust me, the brothers are going to work it out. See you next week here inside the love zone. Nobody's pushing me anyway, okay? I mean, not you, not the cops, nobody, man.
me. You want to get rid of the pushes, I'll help you. But don't send your people after me. No, come on. John, did you see that we can't get rid of one without getting rid of the other? We got to come down on both of them at the same time in order for this whole thing to work for people. Look, nobody's closing me out of my business. Get off. 
Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions. Have you heard? Metro by T-Mobile now includes Amazon Prime. Yes, enjoy the best of shopping and entertainment, movies, TV shows, music, free shipping, and much more. All included for just $40 per line for three lines. All on the T-Mobile network. Discover the smarter way. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. One offer per account. Offer subject to change. $12.99 per month value. Offer valid for new Amazon Prime members. Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video at 480p. Capable device required. See store for details and terms and conditions.